BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hiya, Doug Mallard. Hey, Doug Benson. Today's guest has been a friend of yours longer than a friend of mine. Whoa. But (laughs) as you already know, I was there when he met the mother of his child. Whoa, matchmaker. Yeah. His kid wouldn't exist if I had booked us at a different hotel. <laughs> Congrats, buddy. Yeah. So which one of us is a better friend? <laughs> the longer the longer friend. Or- anyway, his name is David Huntsberger. And he's the comedian and a podcaster and great guy. So let's go to work. There it is. Hello. <laughs> Hello, David Huntsberger. Hi, Doug and Doug. That that uh, theme song is so thrashy for you guys. You're two mellow dudes. That song, it pumps you right up. Yeah, that's what the, the hope is. The hope that the energy of that song will make up for how lackadaisical the next 45 to 55 <laughs> minutes is going to be. Uh, I a, a pin right into my thigh, just out of exuberance. A fun thing that's been happening here at uh, Wide World of Dugs is that over the past couple of weeks, sometimes when our producer Ryan plays the theme song, I hear it, and sometimes I don't. And today was a don't, so today... I just waited patiently instead of going, how come it's not playing? And uh, just waited until it felt like it was about enough time. And then you guys started talking. Fortunately, I'm glad the two of you didn't wait for me to start talking. And, uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. There's glitches like that are so weird. Like why did everybody else hear the song? And I, I didn't, and we can all hear each other now. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it does not. I have, what I took away from that, though, is how impressed I am by your growth that you didn't say what's happening. You just played it cool, guessed the amount of time, and, and, and really nailed it. But also thinking the whole time, what if right now everyone's just sitting here silently and the song's not playing? <laughs> <laughs> we did a... Uh, we we did some uh, Professor Blastoff reunion shows on the on Zoom early in the pandemic, and we had this thing through um, screen grid no share screen 
Oh, what's the one where you're like a backstage pass? Anyway, it's this app where you're kind of like in a green room. You can talk with all the performers and then you're like, just like a show, you go, well, here we go. And you click a button and you're all, you're live to like this whole audience. And same thing, we had to play a theme song and everyone had like a different cue. And I was supposed to hit something. uh, And right as we started, I leaned over to get a drink or something and bumped my table and this big light fell off of it and shattered. (laughs) I was was like scrambling to figure that out. And then once I put my headphones back on, I couldn't hear anything or see anything. So I was just guessing. And And it was covered in glass. I was just profusely. Not illuminated, bleeding everywhere, glass all <laughs> in my head. It was terrible. And then, uh, so I, I really am impressed, Doug, that you handled it so calmly. Whereas I was, it was a disaster. Oh, you should see my uh, my home. Uh, there's broken shit everywhere. <laughs> it was a wild. It was a wild 17 seconds. Or however, long that, however long that song is, just breaking everything in sight. Um. Question about Professor Blastoff. I always enjoyed that that name and the podcast. I got to be a, a guest on it, and um, it was super fun. But did you ever take it far enough to na- give Professor Blastoff, I assume Blastoff would be a last name, uh-huh. has the professor ever been given a first name? I've got one I'd like to suggest if, if he or she has not. <laughs> He had two initials, RL Blastoff, which we knew. We we were like, oh, we know. And people would guess at what they were sometimes, and we would never tell them, even though we knew what they were. But if you have guesses there, I mean, who who cares at this point? Not who cares about your guesses, but who cares if we let out some sort of secret or something? What better place to do it than double Dugs in the wide world of Dugs? (laughs) There is no better place, um, at least right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I, cause I was going to just, I was just hoping that you never gave him cause it'd have to be a him in this case, yeah. because, cause I just wanted to suggest, cause I think it also sounds great. Professor Douglas Blastoff. Ooh, yeah, it is way better than RL Douglas Blastoff. And then we lost the rights to that name. And so when we what? were, yeah, we, couldn't, we had to call the shows when we redid them other things and we couldn't really reference Professor Blastoff. And so oh if we called it like <laughs> Douglas Blastoff, you know, Mr. Douglas Blastoff or something, we could have <laughs> been right back in the swing. <laughs> Is that enough of a change? I don't know. If like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know how litigious I am. I, I imagine <laughs> I'd have my documents in order to defend that. But yeah, maybe it's not far enough away from the original. That's wild. Yeah, yeah we should say we were joking about you being litigious earlier. Now it just sounds like you're a nut that says that you just announced that you're litigious. <laughs> I think it's fun to just threaten to sue people at the drop of a hat. Have and you ever sued somebody? No. The closest I got was <laughs> I did a U-turn that was questionable. And if we're being honest, completely illegal. But... By the officer's vantage point, I could defend what I was doing 
And so I took all these photos and I pressed it to the furthest ends of going to court. <laughs> I wore like a suit and it's just people in there and like with a you know, bundle of paperwork and they're in like flip-flops and tank tops and like, yes, your honor. Oh no, I don't think I have that form. And then there was me all dressed up and I went dead last. No one was in there. Oh no, there was one woman behind me and we chatted on the escalator down of how we had both lost but I kind of panicked. I thought it'd be my one moment to be like, um, excuse me, I believe. And the officer was really nice. And it was clear he and the judge see each other every week. So they're pals. And I'm there trying to be like, but is it not true that from. (laughs) 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 So I kind of lost my Steve midway through, but I really wanted to experience that just once. I like it on TV shows and stuff where. Was there like an old rusty fan blowing your way when you're drinking like <laughs> lemonade and your That's, I wanted to be, I mean, the, the officer was so nice. He, he had to do disclosure. He had to show me what he had, which was nothing. He's like, I didn't even write it down. It's been months ago. I have no notes. I was like, Oh man, I took all these photos. I drew a diagram. I had even gone in a couple of days before to watch some proceedings. And there was the sweetest older uh, woman who was the judge that day. <laughs> she was so nice. And she was, openly trying to help people. She'd go, so maybe you did hit the brakes. And the person she was talking to would go, no, I don't think I did. And you could tell that the judge was like, come on, I'm setting you up here. I was trying to give you some way to get out of this. And I was like, oh man, I am set. I got, if I get this lady, I'm good. And then I got there and it was like Newt Gingrich wearing this really strict brown Lucy from Peanuts wig tight bang, no messing around, just evil looking. And she hated me. And so it was really uh, a, a letdown from the very beginning. <laughs> At least it wasn't a huge waste of time. <laughs> well, it was, I mean, in my household, it was not met with great enthusiasm how much time I was spending on this. <laughs> Scouting locations, basically. <laughs> And it was like 20 miles away. So I was like, well, today I'm driving up to that courthouse. Why? Just let it go. Just go to traffic court. Never. I just, I really wanted to experience the the court side, but I I saw it and now I'm, I never want to deal with any litigation again. Got a few. If you'd gotten another ticket on your way there, that would have been. Yeah, that'd be messed up. Um, but, you know, might have had a stronger case on that one. Yeah. <laughs> this was all in uh, Austin, Texas? No, this was here. This was in, like, uh, Northridge. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I was picturing a younger David Hansberger in this story. No, this was, like, four years ago. Okay. So how long, <laughs> have, you been in, how long have you been in L.A. now? Since 2008, so 13 years. Yeah, and prior to that was how long in Austin? I moved there in 2004, but the last two of those years, I really didn't, I wasn't there much. I was like on the road all the time, it felt like. So I still called it home, but I I wasn't really anywhere very consistently. But I like to think that I lived in Austin for four years. What drew you to, like, where did you come from to go to Austin? I came from your uh, home area. I came from San Diego. So I had, I graduated, I went to college and I was in Colorado and I was sick of the cold. 
And I, <laughs> I knew I wanted to do comedy, but I didn't really want to go right to LA. And so I, I went to San Diego for a couple of years and I did the La Jolla comedy store a bunch and all these coffee shops and things. And then I, uh, I, I just didn't feel like going to LA still. I just felt like I wanted to try to get better at stand up as opposed to being like, you know, sitcom or something. So I, and then I went to Austin and met Dougie. We became pals. Yeah. God, it felt like we were there longer together than four years. It's wild. I remember the first couple of months felt like five years. I just was like, oh man, I've been here forever. I haven't really been getting much stage time. This was a total disaster of a decision. <laughs> you had all those diagrams drawn up that were useless. <laughs> yeah, I had all these game plans. I, uh, yeah, it was so weird that from the time I moved there until I, I think this is right, did a TV spot was maybe under a year. And in my head, it was like ages and ages. It went from being dead last on the open mics all the time and, and just trying to make like the two remaining drunk idiots at the Velveeta room laugh. And then doing that contest, which I was morally opposed to. And that kind of changed things. There were like, there were people there that, um, you know, could help my career out. And that was like a, Oh, that was televised? No, they brought in people from TV. It was so weird. Oh, so that's how you got your first, what was your first TV thing? Premium blend. Oh, I, was, yeah. uh, I was really trying hard to transition from having jobs to just doing comedy. And so I had been substitute teaching. And then I made up my mind, like, I'm not doing that. I'll just, whatever it takes to just do comedy. So I was doing those research studies where you like are a guinea pig and they give you their placebo or a drug and then t check your blood every couple hours. <laughs> yeah. And I was, and, then I was doing that. drugs. and that's how I got addicted to all my drugs. And that's how I got this profuse hair growth all over my body. <laughs> uh, but I got a call in there. Hey, do you want to do premium blend? And I was just like looking around at this kind of one flew over the cuckoo's nest environment. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> he actually had a night when he was gearing up to do his recording he uh, wanted to just feel like he was overly prepared. So he had a night where he did his set, he ran his time, but he had everyone in the audience throw stuff at him so he wouldn't be, he could get through any distractions. No, I said, just talk and make noise. And people took it upon themselves to throw ice and shit at me. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember it differently. <laughs> I love it. You just told him to be a distraction and then that's where it ended up they just start throwing crap at you yeah they really got into it they went very they were very uh committed to the to doing that but it did help i remember the the whole i mean you you guys have both done way more stuff on television than i have and the feeling beforehand is just so incomprehensible it doesn't feel like stand-up it just feels like such a weird production and i was you know you're standing like on all these giant cables at least i was and like getting shoved out by some guy like two one here you go just shove you in the back get out there and so it was uh i was really glad i had done that warm-up thing of getting ice chucked at me <laughs> especially when the crowd started throwing ice at you <laughs> i who remember was the, uh yeah what oh, do you remember no no go ahead who's the uh the host yeah uh it was damon wayans and oh. I, 
I remember. <laughs> and he and I had a weird thing later. Uh, oh, he obviously didn't remember me or recognize me at all, but like right. walking out there, I had yeah, wanted to say, you? I know. Like, yeah, like just, <laughs> you're just another white guy. And you're just one of, it'd be like any one of us remembering someone we brought up at an open mic, you know, years yeah. ago. I mean, you might, there's a chance, right? Like, that's the thing. But like with him, there's just no chance. No. And people outside <laughs> of, uh, I don't you know if you can call it show business or whatever, but it would be like, what if, what if he watches your set and likes you? And then this happens in their head. That's how, that's how things go. And you're like, well, that's insane. If you knew that how things work, that's not it. But then you're also like, I don't know, I guess it's not out of the realm of pot. We're in the same building. He could have been off to the side watching. Sure. Right? No, it's like, that's a huge part of, every comedian's development is whether, you know, I mean, there's certainly examples where somebody, you know, gets a huge, you know, boost by somebody just because they happen to see him somewhere. But even just the interactions with, you know, like I, I've been saying this the last couple of days because Norm MacDonald just passed, but, uh, you know, he was somebody that said something nice. I admired him and he said something nice to me very early on in my standup that, you know, he didn't take me and give me some sort of job or anything, but you know, it really boosted my overall comedy morale to, oh, to just yeah. hear that from somebody that I, I mean, he wasn't even very known at the time, but I knew him, you know, he was more, more known than me and I knew who he was because comedians, you know, always loved him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but like, so then I did last comic standing with Dougie and I got emailed by Nick Swardson, which you know, the backstory of him is that Adam Sandler had seen his half hour set and contacted him just kind of out of the blue. And, and he sort of, I guess, paid that forward and just reached out to me. And I thought it was a joke. I didn't really think it was the real person. And then I ended up, uh, <laughs> I, I was really pressing him like, this is bullshit. He's like, dude, it's me. I, um, and I, he went from being like, I don't know if you know who I am to me being like, I definitely do. And it's no way it's you. And we went back and <laughs> I opened some shows for him and he said when he was really early on starting out in New York, Dave Chappelle, same deal, like wasn't real famous at the time, but comics knew who he was, pulled him aside and said, you know, just so you know, you're really funny. Don't let anyone like talk you out of that, stick with it. And then he did the same thing to me, which meant a lot. I was like, oh, this person that I, I really look up to, you know, just that those little things make a huge difference. So that that's really cool that Norm did that for you. Yeah. And, you know, and like in the case of, uh, you know, Nick Swartzen, he's had quite a, you know, you got to give uh, Adam Sandler a lot of credit for, uh, you know, how much he's used him in his films over the years. Yeah. Uh, always making him do like really silly, embarrassing things. So you can just, <laughs> so you can just sit, sit there and laugh. <laughs> he keeps himself entertained, I think, uh, by casting his buddies and then, you know, making them do really silly things. Um, so, wow, we're like, this is a great conversation. We're already like just all over the place and uh, haven't even really gotten to the, the, the meat of what this show is, which is discussing names and, you know, how they affect our, our lives and our personalities. Um, so let's give everybody a cliffhanger. Uh, <laughs> and before we go to this commercial um, and just say, uh, you know, do you, do you like or dislike having the name David? We will find out after this break. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. We're back, and I know it's driving everybody crazy. What a cliff <laughs> cliffhanger that was. That was such an exciting way to yeah. leave off. Does, does David Huntsberger like the name David? This was like in Breaking Bad when the brother-in-law found found out that he was Heisenberg, you know, and then they had yeah. to send her off. This is exactly yeah. what I like or picturing for, someone right now pulled up at home and they're running a little late and they're sitting in the driveway, kind of tapping their foot, like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I got to get in the house. And there's some significant others leading out the front door. Get in here. That things are crazy. Pots are boiling over. The kids are running around and they're just like giving them the one finger signal. Just give me a minute. And here we are dragging our feet. Uh, <laughs> I, I never thought much of the name date. Not that I, my, esteem or estimation of it. What I meant is like, I never, I never had to really consider it growing up. People just called me what they wanted. And it felt like as I became more of an adult, suddenly everyone would go, is it Dave or David? And I had never had to think about that. And I'd be like, and especially doing standup, you pick one of the, you pick one of the two. And I was like, well, Letterman goes by David Letterman and everyone seems to call him Dave. That's sort of like me, people that don't know me say David and all my friends tend to call me Dave. So I just went with that. But yeah, it's become kind of a nuisance. I just don't like getting past that. <laughs> it is kind of weird because it's like, I just think there's some names like for Anthony, Tony, you know, there's just stuff like when you hear the person's name, there's ones where you assume it's all green light to go ahead and use the more nicknamey name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if someone says, hey, I'm Joseph, you don't ever feel like if you say back, nice to meet you, Joe, they're going to go, what the fuck are you calling me? <laughs> and when someone says, uh, um, actually, it's Philip, what they're kind of saying is like, <laughs> don't be my friend. Yeah. Because you, you don't get to choose an affectionate, you know, slang name for me. You go by what I tell you. And I would just feel like, oh, that's a great signal that I'm not friends with anyone like that. <laughs> that's why i like doug is because like you know people they just get to start at doug if i said hello i'm douglas then there's then like you're saying with dave and david like there's this weird like can they make that move and are, are they really gonna call me douglas all the time i mean i don't i've never <laughs> known anybody that's named douglas that doesn't just go by doug you know it's just like i think it's probably ridiculous never gotten asked, um, do you go by Douglas? I mean, that would just be so weird to say, hi, I'm Doug. Do you go by Douglas? No, Unless, I told yeah. you Doug. Unless your last <laughs> name is Blastoff. Then it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, uh, it is funny how like, uh, the, it's become, come to the point where people want to use the correct name, but they're going way out of their way. The The, the Dave is just like, it's funny though, but I don't think I've ever called you Dave. 
Uh, you just, you should call me Huntsberger, right? No, maybe. I mean, maybe like in conversation, but like to your face, I think I'd just say David or, you know, your face is right there. So, you know, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying you to know? think of the times we've addressed each other. It's usually like, hey, buddy. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, that. buddy. Yeah, <laughs> buddy is a big one too. Yeah. <laughs> you, probably, you probably said my name five times total and I just never caught like what you were saying, I would guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. right. I, go, I go between Dave, David. And I, I guess burger or Huntsberger, I guess. Yeah. A lot of ways. Yeah. Sometimes people will come over, you know, weeks after the fact and say, I've made a decision. You feel like more of a Dave to me. So I'm going to call you that. I, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't care. But, and then it seems like often too, like women prefer David and fellas prefer Dave. I mean, there's a whole thing. I never thought about this my whole childhood, it never came up. And then suddenly when I was maybe 20 to 25, it was rampant. It just exploded. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. Like, you know, a lot of times when I'm, you know, when I have to present ID or, you know, a lot of times I have to use Douglas, you know, for like, if I'm picking up tickets or something, mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know, when they ask, you know, I mean, when they see what your name is, they will just like, they'll hand you back. They'll hand me back the ID going, thanks, Doug. Like, they're just like, <laughs> <Right>. everybody, <laughs> everybody just immediately knows to shorten that. Like, you know, like it's just a, a, an immediate thing that happens, which I don't know if that's good or bad for the self-esteem or what that has to do with. David, have you heard this term nominative determinism? Whoa, I like it. I don't think I've yeah. ever heard of that. Yeah, uh, Andy Wood turned us on to it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've been getting high off it ever since. It's, um, you know, it just means that like, you know, does your name decide factors in your, you know, how you're going to be, uh, uh, you know, as a person and what kind of profession and uh, yeah. et, cetera, et cetera. So what do you think about Huntsberger? How does that, because that always to me has felt like an unusual name. I've never known another Huntsberger. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's Swiss, but we went to Switzerland a few years ago and looked in the phone book, didn't see any. And that was <laughs> concerning. Should <laughs> you been looking for? <laughs> it, like, wouldn't it be in Swedish? Like, wouldn't it be spelled differently? N not really. It was... Uh, like with a V or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'd be that sweet-ass V in there, which I was psyched about. Hansberger. But the... Uh, <laughs> It was the original story we had heard. And there's this book that my family has had since, you know, the turn of the century. So before the war, I remember one time working with a comic who goes, oh, German? And I go, no, it's Swiss. He goes, oh, yeah, just like all the Germans after the war. And I thought, oh, man, what if that's the case? But there had been this book in my family from well before the war. And the story was Bern, Switzerland. And it was Hun means people. Hans Bern. So that's how it started. It was like people of Bern. And then it just evolved over the years people put a p in it or a t they cranked all these letters in and i ended up with this huntsberger which i like I, when i first started doing stand-up i went by my middle name which my mother's father was an entertainer and his last name was lee and so it was kind of a way to carry that on and i remember telling her and she was like very touched and then years later i was like i don't know i just don't really feel like myself and my dad was like you know huntsberger it's a long name but once people get it they do tend to remember it and so I tried it out. I just switched it over in that contest I was referencing. I used it there and it, things did definitely change. People could remember it more. And I felt just more like myself. 
Uh, and then I told my mom like, Hey, I think I'm going to switch. And she was like, Oh, I never knew why you went by Lee. She had just completely forgotten that touching conversation. So it uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't mean anything. I just uh, like that I learned that uh, Attila the Hun is actually means Attila the person. <laughs> yeah. Because the Huns were just a type of people. You said they're just a people. Yeah. But, uh, people were called Huns. So he was just Attila the person. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, hun, I thought a hun automatically meant, oh, this is a horrible, horrible, you know, like the word hun doesn't mean horrible. It means he's just from a bunch of people that were all huns. Yeah. Even if it was that, the, the thought that it changed into what we now go, pass me that sugar, hun. It's such a sweet effect. <laughs> the hun. That's nice. <laughs> that did work out very nice. Um, <laughs> So how many uh, Dougs other than the two Dougs uh, you're speaking with now uh, have you known or interacted with in your life in any kind of memorable way? Uh, there was this guy in Austin who became a crazy, uh, so many of them do, ultra conservative, where he's like tweeting at The Rock, which is such a sad thing to do just in <laughs> general uh, about like anti-trans stuff and things like that. And so that guy had no bearing on my life, but I will say to me, he gives your name a negative double Dougs. He gives it a little bit of a negative tinge. I sure uh, know who this Doug is. Yeah. And one of my best friends from college, his middle name was Douglas or is Douglas. And so we would call him Dougie a lot. And so, and, and the best guy. So that uh, was a good association with the name. And I think that stemmed from, one of the Austin powers, remember he's climbing up the ladder and he gets all emotional, like I'm Dougie. <laughs> and I thought that was so sweet because Dougie is a very, like, there's something very sweet and touching and it's endearing from the person saying it, you know, it's got to feel good to the person getting it, but it's like a teddy bear or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad, it's, I think when you're a kid, it can be annoying. But yeah. Endearing as an adult, I guess. I'm a man. I'm not Dougie. I'm Doug. <laughs> yeah. I was also very short. So I think it just made me feel shorter. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, that's one people leap to kind of on their own, uh, the Dougie. And it just depends on who's saying it, you know, to me, cause I, most of the time it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. And, and sometimes it's fun. Yeah. I, I think it, it was going back to Nick Swartzen again, who referred to you as Dougie B. And I thought that's a pretty good one. That flows pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's a little too, it's a little too like, I'm like a rapper or something. But, uh... <laughs> well, the, yeah, Dougie fresh became so many Dougs it, like Jake, the snake or Dan, the man Dougie fresh just kind of slid in there as like, wait, that was a per it is a person. I think he's still alive. Yeah. And oh then, yeah. We try oh, to yeah. get him on this show. Oh man. The dream. And if I tried to get him on, I'm saying we just talk about how it'd be good to have him on. But we did have Dougie Doug was on the show and he's definitely uh, one of the top Dougs out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Doug is a name that's holding up very well. I bet most people, I don't even know if there is a serial killer with the name or like a notorious villain or criminal or bad, you know, evil, ultra wealthy person with nefarious goals or something. It's a very, uh, pretty solid track record in my mind of Doug. I don't Doug know. Williams, I would the quarterback. It seems like a good serial killer name. Like <laughs> Only it feels Douglas like, though. 
like the three like names. Yes. Yeah, because it's got to be somebody that was, you know, called Douglas right by their mother. Yeah. And that dr- drove them to become a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> just 50 stabs in. Stop calling me Dougie. <laughs> no, he just the thing is he loves his mother. He kills other women that are perfectly <laughs> innocent. Didn't do shit. Yeah, it's true. You didn't name me Doug. <laughs> you mean nothing to me. A lot Let of me ask you this. Oh, yeah, go for it. Oh, I was just going to ask uh, David, um, you know, that you, uh, I talked about in the cold open, I talked about how uh, Doug Mellard has known you longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you, David, if, and you can apply it to me as well, but I'd like to hear it about Doug Mellard. Does he... When you first met him, did he seem was Doug like the? Did he seem like a Doug to you? Yeah, he fit it pretty well, and I'm thinking it's because. Let me really think back. You know, my early years uh, in life, 4-H, kind of more rural stuff, cowboy stuff, and there'd be you know like ranch people. Doug was a very like blue collar hardworking name and moving to, when I first moved to Texas, Dougie wore cowboy boots and jeans on stage. And he was, <laughs> he looked like a little acrobat. He was very fit. And I remember thinking like, Oh, that guy's probably like bucked some hay bales in his life or something like that. I remember like, that fits. That was way off, but he looked like he had. The cowboy Doug is what you're cowboy saying. Cowboy Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like just a good salt of the earth. Like, Oh man, that guy is definitely like nursed some piglets to health or something like that. Oh, right. let me put my piglets down right now. Hold on. <laughs> when you, David, when you meet another David, let's take it from this angle. When you meet another David, do you sometimes feel like, oh, this person doesn't seem like a David at all to me? I'm trying to think, you know, uh, maybe like a Craigslist interaction or something where I'm like, oh, hey, Dave, actually it's David. I know that's happened and it is off-putting. But I, I don't know if you guys get this in the Doug world, but David's get this a lot, which is, oh, what's your name? Uh, it's uh, Dave. Oh, I'm also David. Good name. That always goes exactly Ooh. like that. Good name. <laughs> but I never initiate it for whatever that's worth. But I also am kind of like, is that just a David thing? Is that obnoxious? I or is think- it, does everyone with the same name do that? I think it's a lot of same names, but Doug is not one of them. I've never, <laughs> I've never participated in the, uh, oh, we're both named Doug, good name. You guys just uh, burst right into tears. I'm always just more like kind of flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah. I'm flabbergasted because I don't meet that many to begin with. Like I just did a show in Chicago at Zany's and I said to the audience, is anybody here named Doug? And there was no Doug's. And then I said, does anybody know a Doug? And it was, you know, some people responded, but it wasn't everybody. Like you think everybody would know at least one Doug, but there there are people that don't know any Dougs. What in the, what is going on there where one, like we mentioned, you get the optional nickname, which sticks and becomes like the dominant name. And Douglas is like a second option. And the best thing is Dick is not an option. There are still Richards running around. Children named Richard yeah. probably were dicks in that crowd, choosing with yeah. what we know now to be mm-hmm. referred to as Dick and not yeah. Doug's. What's going on? Yeah. No, I mean, the name Dick at, at either end cracks me up because it's like, <laughs> why 
why do you want people to say that all the time? They're just so, <laughs> but they just, they're just used to it. And they're just, Hey, I'm just Dick, you know, no, it's no big deal. But I, 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 that word makes my ears perk up every time. It's still <laughs> like you hear it, you hear it on streaming and on cable, but it's still, I still don't think they're throwing it around on anything, but like a show where they really warn you about the language, like NYPD blue or something, you know, like, or FX is throwing it around probably because because it's Dick is such a it's a harmless swear word because people could just say it about a person who's named Dick. Absolutely. I mean, there's <laughs> someone... always a dick. You know, you could just be like, hey, did I just see a dick? <laughs> Was that Richard? <laughs> <laughs> could Dick Van Dyke get a CBS show these days? I don't think so. <laughs> well, especially because he's got a Van Dyke around his dick. That is the silliest. <laughs> It's so silly. Got a what's meant for a you know what is a Van Dyke? Is that just a the like a pointy triangle? Oh yeah, for your chin, or is it like a? I mean, is it kind of like a goatee? I think maybe the goatee is is just the chin, and when it's all when it's the circle, it's a Van Dyke. Is that right? I don't. I think it's something like that. I know people that have known over the years, but it's never, I've never managed to make that information stick. Same. Yeah. Never that's a, that's a thing Dave's and Doug's have in common. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we found something. What um, is the origin? If you, I'm sure you guys have already dug into this, but what's like the earliest Doug? Where does it come from? What does it tie to? You know, David in the Bible, I guess that stuck for a lot of people. I don't sure. think that was the origin of mine, but like. You, you don't remember the part of the bible the matthew mark luke and dougie i think they said the the doug will inherit the earth at some point (laughs) um but that's the thing i do think dougs for whatever reason tend to be meek and that's why they don't even get a their name's not even in the bible anywhere and um but still close uh, it's a name that's close to god same letters can't spell doug without god now you're talking that's Ooh, a nice I got, one. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I got to write that one down. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's, uh, uh, you know, we talk about it every week on the show, so I don't want to bore people to death with it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that Doug Mellard and I discussed the origins of Doug uh, early on in this series, which is about a year ago. And um I've immediately forgot. Like it's uh, for some reason, it's not information that I care about, even though it is my name, like where, what, you know, the origins and what it really means and all that. I don't care about. Plus also Doug, aren't I correct? It's kind of like some dead ends. Like it's not really a, a name that has like a really full blown story behind yeah, it. I, don't, there's, I think there's a few different, it's like dark waters, but it also means this, this, and it's a few different things. And yeah, that's why we just lose crazy. interest. It's right. Not, who cares? <laughs> The thing you know, about it, uh, nomi- nominative, uh, determinative, determinative, <laughs> determinism, it's two soft syllables. So, so like David, you know, hard, soft, and then you have Douglas, both kind of soft and another name that's kind of in that same thing. And I don't know if these tie together in some way. And this one's even less nicknamey than Doug is Malcolm. If you name it someone Malcolm, that's them. There's really not a great nickname that spins out of it. And you can't do like Richard and be like, oh, Malcolm, let's call you Spike. There's really, or maybe you can. I don't, maybe that's one of the nicknames for Malcolm, but 
No, I mean, it's like there's that actor Cole Mamini, and it's like, is that short for Malcolm? And like, why do you want people have to say having to say Cole is like so much effort just to say somebody's name? Yeah, that's like the word macabre. It's like if you can avoid it, you do. You definitely do. Yeah. We're, oh, cold. That's gross to just Home think about. Meaning. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> that his last name's Meanie, like, because he's me- making you say Colm. Malcolm Meanie is a cool name. Colm Meanie is. Yeah. A, why don't you drop the Mal? That's so yeah. weird. Mal's not there. And I've, I have heard Mal on occasion, which might be, I assume is short for Malcolm, but even that Mal, just like Mal, like just sounds like you're, yeah. you know, a, a mewling cat or something. Uh, <laughs> Mal. Mal. Uh, <laughs> Mal. Mal. So, uh, yeah, you, you really nailed a good one there with Malcolm. Like that's just, that's going to be their name. And it's also just, it's just going to give that kid like a level of classiness that they probably don't deserve. I agree. I, I, That's I'm why fun... Malcolm McDowell is one of our ballsiest. Uh, literally, I've seen his balls. Uh, <laughs> he's one of those actors that just was crazy. Will do anything. And uh, I think it's because, you know, Malcolm McDowell, who's fucking around with that name. I think it's two things there too. You know, some people as actors, they just are that Benedict Cumberbatch, his name kind of comes before you're even able to detach from it. And it comes before you batch. <laughs> <laughs> and I love to batch and then see if there's some come, but like, he's just boom right at you. And then you go, all right, I have to get that name out of my mind and really see if he's this character. And luckily he's very good. Whereas Malcolm McDowell he can really morph into anything. And then afterward, you're like, well, what was that guy's name? Because it's it's just subtle. It just exists as, is probably a very useful name as an actor. Yeah. Um, I, when, when, when I first started having to learn that Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch was a person and not like a children's show, <laughs> I, uh, uh, at the same time coming up and doing different accents all the time and another amazing actor, uh, Michael Fast, Fassbender. Yeah. Happened yep. around the same time. So I got them confused routinely. And so I was always like Benedict Fassbender and Michael <laughs> Cumberbatch. And like, I just could not, now I'm really clear which one is which, but uh, for a little bit there, it was, it was touch and go because those names are crazy. And uh, Fassbender is just wild because there was a, a filmmaker, a director with that name. Uh, so that was also uh, confusing. Hmm. Two, two guys in the cinematic arts. Maybe this uh, determinism is, is real. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I, I, you know, uh, that's the other. I mean, to be an actor, it's got to be a leg up to have to be, you know, a name that already stands out. Yeah. You know, Doug Benson wasn't doing me any favors. <laughs> Doug, Doug Millard is confusing everybody because they want to immediately make fucking stupid duck jokes. Yeah. <laughs> to go back, though, you asked me about Doug. I remember fear, hearing your name the first time. I disagree. I thought it was a cool name. I thought it flows pretty well because it's three soft syllables in a row. Then it starts to work. If it's two in a row, it's kind of like, eh, then that just becomes, there's no like, there's no grabby syllable, but three, Doug Benson, and then it's really melodic. So I liked it. 
I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> Just in case you needed, and I'm not suing you. I, you know, so yeah. two good things from that, from today. See, yeah, but also it's too common of a name. I mean, I do, I prefer Mellard and Huntsberger over Benson in the, in the fact that like, there's not, uh, you know, so many other associations, you know, like I've often joked about how, you know, Doug is, uh, Doug makes people think of the cartoon Doug and Benson makes them think of the, uh, the uh, black Butler, then eventually governor yeah. in, uh, uh, in uh, the show Benson. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I used to joke that, you know, uh, so two of my names are already taken and then it gets worse because my, uh, my nickname is Dynasty. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what was the other one? Then the other one was something like, and what other kind of name can you Doug have? Dallas? Oh, you could be Doug Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but no, I said my middle name is Dynasty and my nickname is How I Met Your Mother. So it was just <laughs> a dumb name joke, but, um, but that was always a thing, like, because George Benson, Robbie Benson, I got to actually be Robbie Benson stand in on a TV series that was short lived. But uh, I was like hired to be a stand in. And when I told him, I'm my last name is Benson's too, Benson too, he just was like, looked at me like he had just heard that for the millionth time. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so he like, didn't do like us Davids do and go, good name. No, he <laughs> did not. He, well, he's, you know, he, he was the most shy actor I've ever seen work in person. I do not know how he ever gives a performance in anything. That's why he's, he's stopping an actor a long time ago. He's the voice of the beast in Beauty and the Beast, which makes no sense because I've never, ever seen or heard him raise his voice or sound like he could sound like that at all. Like it was even the thing at the time when the movie came out that people are like, that's not Robbie Benson doing that voice. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to like, you know, go on like Entertainment Tonight or something and be like, yeah, it's really him. Here's footage of him doing it, you know, and then so I'm in a booth with headphones on going. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds to me like people underestimated him and he really had some skills yeah i just uh, i think they underestimated him because he was such a boring actor like, no, <laughs> no offense robbie i think he directs stuff now so i should probably shut my yap or i'm gonna not get a you know i might miss out on an acting gig well who was um, the genius that saw the potential in this meek quiet robbie benson and said that guy's a beast because, you know, Catherine Bigelow saw, I think it was Bill and Ted and was like, I'm going to turn that guy into an action star and then did speed with Keanu. And made, now we look at him like he's he's an action guy. But she was the first to say, like, I can do it with Robbie Benson. It sounds like it was a way taller task. Well, he was like a romantic lead was his thing. Like he was a cute young man who started playing leading roles as like a teenager Oh. And uh, he had a series of film, like there's a series of Robbie Benson movies. Uh, Ode to Billy Joe was one where he or his girlfriend commits suicide off of a bridge. And there's a song that yeah, was kind yeah. of popular. And uh, <laughs> and then one on one was he was like at some school in Florida on a basketball scholarship. And the same plot line as Drumline, you know, just doesn't fit in with the team or Top Gun. Just, you know, complete maverick on the court and he has to be he has to have a mean coach who finally uh you know teaches him uh teamwork and uh discipline um 
you know, so he was just in a series of movies like that. Oh, Ice Castles, which is, of course, one of my favorite movies of all time, where he's a hockey player, which I guess he really did know how to play hockey in real life. But he plays a hockey player whose uh, girlfriend is an ice skater and she has an accident and goes blind and he works with her to train her so she can still compete in the Olympics. But they do not tell the Olympics that she's blind and Whoa. they almost, they Whoa. almost, they almost pull it off. Cool. <laughs> almost. <laughs> it's the stupidest movie. It's so goddamn stupid that like an entire, you know, uh, it's like, it's not, it's like an Olympic trial or something that she, you know, she skates at and they don't want to tell everybody that she's blind. So she really does learn where the walls are so she could do her routine. But then, after her routine is over and the crowd's going nuts, they all start throwing roses and teddy bears onto them. <laughs> bouncing off her face. No, they're she's they don't grasping. Throw, even if we could see them. David, they wouldn't throw shit at her face, but they throw it onto the ice, it, you know, be, be, because they're happy for her. She did such a good job skating. Right? And then she goes to leave the middle of the ice and trips over the fucking roses. Oh. Why, why, oh. And, so then he has to go out onto the ice and pick her up. And the final moment of the movie is him saying to her, and this, again, this is how meek he is. This is a pretty accurate line reading I'm about to give. He says to her, we forgot about the flowers. He's <laughs> 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 been out of competition for so long that they completely forgot that every time she skates, people throw flowers on the ice. <laughs> they needed a train like David Huntsberger for premium blend. Would have been okay. Yeah, they really did. She should have been skating around marbles and jacks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was weird because you think at least a couple enterprising young men would throw their underwear or something. Yeah. Uh, it was all teddy bears and uh, roses. What if they remade that in kind of like a weekend at Bernie's with a lot of foibles? Would that pass now or that, that probably wouldn't be acceptable? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to ask ourselves that question some other time because guess what? We've run out of time. We've run out of time for so much stuff. We normally would, we've written five questions for you each, David, that were written specifically for you. And uh, we didn't even get to them. And we also didn't get to any of our questions for the last show's guest, Jason Ritter. So we were going to ask you to read, you know, to answer (laughs) some of those. (laughs) <laughs> but it's just been so much too, fun. We've been having too good a time just reminiscing and uh, hanging out. Do you have yeah. anything you want to plug before we go? Well, it has been very fun. And I apologize. I, I was so long-winded to not get to those damn questions. because yeah, I can't I'm... believe that uh, you talk so much on a talk show. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what you were doing. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to plug that uh, Carl Nassib played in an NFL game his first openly gay player and it not much of a big deal was made about it. And I love that. I think we're progressing that ties back to my little run in with Damon Wayans, but I can get into that another time. Um, wait, wait, what happened with Damon Wayans? He was on this show and he was his whole premise, his whole bit. And this is a whole other name thing. We're like Wayans determinism. You're in entertainment somehow. And maybe you have to worry about living up to it. Huntsberger, you Google it. It's mostly a bunch of boring ass science books. And then me, which makes me go like, maybe I'm in the wrong field here. Anyway, he's doing what his family business or trade is, which is being 
yeah, doing comedy. And his premise is, oh, they can't have a gay player. This is during the Michael Sam era. Can't have a gay player because all the ads will have to be gay and it'll have to be a man sitting on his couch and you hear like popcorn dinging in the other room and then another man comes out and sits on his lap. This lady in the crowd is like, what? And the whole, but she's like the only one reacting to this and how absurd of a premise it is. Everyone else just kind of sits there. So then I was next and I just reiterated how absurd it was, especially like, you know, getting that ladies back. He was walking out with his crew at that point. So I don't think he really cared or heard anything, but the rest of the crowd really made their voices heard at that point. It was really fun to see that uh, he was just so out of touch and in a real bummer of a way. So congrats to Carl Nassim playing football, being gay. No one cares. It's great. And the ads didn't fucking change Damon Wayans. Yeah. Well, that's the great thing is we've been around long enough to some of these shitty premises that people have had over the years. You can go, well, that didn't uh, go the way you <laughs> thought it was going to go when you were, because that's the thing about comedy is it's like, they're be, you know, comedians, uh, part of what you have to be on stage is confident, you know, and, right, and you're presenting right. ideas like, uh, all the time. So uh, some of these times uh, to just to get to their punchline, the premises can be so, uh, so insane, you know, and uh, that's another thing that people are kind of pushing back on, which I, I personally like, you know, I, if I say something on stage, that's like, you know, triggering somebody, I kind of like, I wouldn't mind hearing about it, you know, because I'm trying not to say those kinds of things, you know, absolutely, while, while still also being, you know, <laughs> you know, don't have to have no edge or have no, uh, you know, point to make, you know, it doesn't have to just be cute, silly stuff or, you know, uh, family comedy just to, to, you know, to get away from anyway, I could, I, I could, <laughs> I do talk about this, uh, for forever, but Damon Wayans was on the show, uh, show I was on last night and, um, um, I said, uh, you know, stick around because major pain is going to be up in a, in a little bit. And um, uh, and it was not I wasn't being sarcastic. I mean, people laughed, but a lot of people cheered because I I think he's great in that movie. Major. Yeah. Pain. Yeah. No, I was a fan. That's it's so disappointing. I mean, it's a bummer when people that you admire let you down that way. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that's uh, that's the tightrope, you know, that like, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like I could be better friends with some comics if I just never paid attention to their, you know, what they do on stage right. because, <laughs> yeah. because there's some, there's some people I really like. And then I'll, I'll hear that they have a bit like that or something, or I'll hear them do it. I'll just be like, Oh, I mean, I, I like that person, but I'm not close enough to them to have the, have a conversation about it. You know, yeah. I, I end up staying close to the people that wouldn't say stuff that would make me go, Oh, I, you know, Hey, maybe you should rethink that bit, yeah. you know? Like, I don't want to police other people's material, you know, and fortunately don't have to because you tend to gravitate mostly to the comics that, you know, you're on the same page with. But that's what doing showcase shows is like, is like, you just don't know. Like, I, I, I left before he went on because like I'm more excited about the idea of being on the same show with him than I am about hearing his act. Yeah. You know, cause I feel like if I listen to his act, he's, he's going to say something like, you know, masks are stupid or something. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. God, an, another one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, the, the comedians complaining about woke culture on stage is just like what you're complaining about people trying to be nicer to each other. 
Oof, oof. Yeah. You're an angry person. <laughs> I'm so sick of people thinking slavery is a friggin' bad idea. They're all woke. Oh, we shouldn't have it. That was uh, a comedian back in the 1800s. Okay. <laughs> You've done the research. I've done Listen, the re- yeah, the night the cabaret scene there was wild. <laughs> what do you um did you have something that you wanted to promote though? Yeah, I have a, an album that uh, comes out the 17th on Pandora. It'll be streaming there and I believe Sirius. And then there's a visual element to it that'll be out on the 24th as far and as well as like the rest the album can be on uh all the downloadable sites and other streaming sites, September 24th. It's called Big Nothingness. It took me forever. I mean, we shot it before the quarantine and then uh, it just took ages to edit it and get it all together. There's a bunch of animation. It's visually fun. So I think your your listeners who uh, potentially partake in mind-altering substances might enjoy it. And uh, Definitely. Yeah, and there, there'll be a free version of the visual thing on YouTube as well. But if you want to watch it without ads, uh, I think it'll be on, it'll for sure be on Vimeo and potentially even Amazon. But yeah, it's called Big Nothingness. And all the info for that is at davidhunsberger.com. Well, thank you for being here, dude. Uh, yeah, bro. Doug, Doug Mellard, what do you got to promote? Uh, my album, as I've been talking about, my quarantine album called I'm Worried About Me, it's out everywhere. Give it a listen. And also, if you want to pick up, uh, I've got those albums by the name of Fart Safari. Fart Safari <laughs> 1, 2, and 3, the whole trilogy. People think it's fake, but it's very real. They're out there. And I will be at Moon Tower Comedy Festival with uh, you next week. So check That's me That's right. Out. Doug Benson's going to be at Moon Tower with Doug Mellard. And, Whoa. Uh, are you, yeah. Are you guys going to do My Two Dugs? <laughs> we, we're we're going to try to get together, you know, put together. There probably won't be an audience, but we're going to try to put together a wide roll of Doug's taping while we're both, you know, in the same city because we've only done these uh, remotely so far because we created it during uh, Pando. So, um, uh, but Doug Mellard is going to be a guest on Doug Lowe's Movies on Wednesday night, the first night of Moon Tower in Austin, Texas at uh, Antone's. Uh, downtown yeah yeah classic venue historic (laughs) shit's gonna get historical (laughs) that's awesome Um, i'm glad you guys are doing this and thanks for having me this is uh, really fun oh i'm glad you had a good time and um one other thing i want to say douglas movies is also coming to vegas dc san diego and more go to douglasmovies.com and uh, we end every episode with what I would like the title of the show to be. And uh, thanks again, Doug Miller, David Huntsberger, producer Ryan. As always, Professor Douglas Blastoff. <laughs> <laughs>